Welcome to Big Sky Big Takes, a new podcast produced by Montana Mid Sports and syndicated across the Big Sky Podcast Network. My name is Bear Tycoon, and I'm here with a great panel to talk through week one of the Big Sky Conference season. Every team is starting at zero and zero, and I think for a couple teams, they have may already hit their season win total. Joining me today from the Grizz Fan Podcast, we have Brent Wahlberg from the Tubbs at the Club Podcast, a double threat of Idaho Vandal football. We got Chris Hammond and Brian Marceau, and lastly, from the Montana Mint Sports Pod and the deepest, darkest parts of Twitter, our gambling expert, Montana Parlay. Producer Jerry's in the corner, computing all the points our panelists score throughout the game. Let's get right into it, fellas. First question in our Around the League segment, the Big Sky Conference has three teams in the Stats FCS poll uh, top 10. Eastern Washington at number four, UC Davis at number five, Weber State at number eight. Which of these teams is winning the Big Sky Conference this year, or are you picking someone from the field? Let's start with you, Brent Wahlberg. All right, so the team I'm going with, uh, Weber State. I like a lot of what this team has. Incredible athletes. They get their quarterback, Jake Constantine, back. They've got the FCS Newcomer of the Year from last year uh, on the you know, with Davis with the running back, and this team just finds a way to keep reloading and keep winning. It's hard to argue with what they're doing. Weber State's my pick. Okay, Brian, what say you? I'm going to go with Eastern Washington. You know, the Eagles last year had the top-scoring defense and the top-scoring offense in the conference last year. They returned probably the conference, the conference's best weapon in Eric Berrier, the junior quarterback who had 32 touchdowns and 10 starts last year, six of those starts against playoff teams. Um, they also, coming back, who they lost last year due to injury, will be a former preseason All-Big Sky running back, Antoine Custer. He'll pick up the slack for graduation of Sam McPherson. Uh, keep in mind they have athletes like Dylan Ledbetter. He's a defensive lineman. Anton Gurley, he's their safety. He'll be back on the defensive side. They also, the Eagles also have the easiest schedule of all the top teams, playing none of 2018's playoff teams. The Eagles are the easiest team to me to pencil in as winning the conference this far away. Weber State, the easy schedule, Eastern Washington, Eagles, Montana Parlay. What do you think? I'm going to have to agree with Brian here with Eastern Washington. Uh, returning a quarterback that was within one touchdown late in the game of North Dakota State in the championship uh, and having such an easy schedule in the Big Sky Conference goes a long way. And once again, I'll mention it every time. Every time I bring up Eastern, they've got that ugly home field that seems to be an advantage for them. Chris? You know, I was going to go with Eastern Washington because that seems to be the smart pick here. I had only one losable game on their conference schedule. Uh, but, you know, looking back at it, just to be a little different, I'll take Montana State. I think if you're looking at easiest schedules, oh, Christ. I think Montana <laughs> State has about the second easiest in the Big Sky Conference. That being said, I think that lays them up easily, that if there was a team in the field that could make the push, I think the Bobcats have the best chance for both UC Davis and and Weber State have four to five losable games in conference, one of which is against each other. So there's a good chance there that uh, the Montana State Bobcats might be able to pull out if it's not Eastern Washington. Brent Wahlberger, the Bobcats going to win the Big Sky Conference? Absolutely not. You need a quarterback to win in this league, but what also helps is you need to have a great defense, which the Cats do have, but Weber's got a great one too. They've got two stud defensive ends coming back, and Jay Hill, all he does is win – 
Weber State has won more games. Jay Hill with led Weber State has won more games in the last two years than Jeff Choate has in the last three all combined. Weber State has the winning uh, methods, and they've got the right philosophy. They're going to get it done. Yeah, and they have about 400 people showing up to every home game. Uh, question two, uh, getting back to the Bobcats, uh, they're ranked number 14 in the same poll. I have a question. Should we consider them a top-tier team in the Big Sky Conference or a middle-tier team? Montana Parlay, as our Bobcat fan on the pod, what do you think? Well, first of all, I think 14's a little high when they had uncertainty at quarterback coming into the year, and considering they had such good luck in the 50-50 games last year, coming out ahead in some big ones, especially that last game they played at Wagriz. But I don't know if I look at it as top tier and middle tier so much as elite and then the rest of the best because it's been pretty much NDSU obviously at the top, uh, James Madison, and then you know we've seen teams like Weber or Eastern kind of contend with those teams. And as far as the rest goes, MSU is getting towards you know the top of that pack you know whether you want to call middle tier or just you know contenders that aren't really in contention for the championship okay chris you just put uh montana state as the conference champion i'm assuming you're ranking them as a top tier team yeah, well, you know, even if you don't consider them championship material or not, I think they still fit in that top tier. I don't know how you wouldn't put them there when they made the playoffs last year going into the second round with a linebacker playing quarterback. Not that they had a true quarterback competition in the offseason with uh, Bauman and Tucker Rovig. Picking a starter there, being able to move that All-American linebacker potential pro prospect and Troy Anderson back to his natural side of the ball while still having him as a weapon on offense. They're only going to get better this year. That paired with Cassius and Afonso returning, I don't know how you don't label them in the top tier, and they should be a playoff team again. Brian, I trust your opinion on Big Sky Conference football more than most. Are the Cats a top-tier team? No, they're definitely not top-tier. They're better than most of the conference, but they're certainly uh, something less than Eastern Washington and UC Davis at this point. You know, they're going to, if Montana State's going to be good, a lot of their games will likely look like Weber State games this year. Um, I'm curious to see how the Casey Bauman experiment looks. You know, this, his first three games are against Texas Tech, Southeast Missouri State, and Western Illinois. Um, if things don't go too well, we could be looking at 0-3. I don't expect 0-3, but if you're going to be a freshman starter, that's a rough first three games. But, you know, the, the Bobcats do have some elite talent on offense, some guys we've already heard the names of. But also on defense, guys like linebacker Bryce Sterk, uh, safety Jockway Allen. Um, that's part of what made Montana State a playoff team last year. They return a lot of defensive talent. You know, I expect them to be good, but not top two, not, let's say, top ten in the nation. All right. Well, Brian, let's come back to you on this one. Uh, Montana, the Grizz, were ranked number 25 in the FCS stats poll after missing the playoffs last year. Do you think they deserve the top 25 ranking? Yeah, I think top 25 is fair towards the bottom of top 25. You know, last year we saw moments of top 10 or top 15 play from the Grizzlies. Um, and because they return a lot of experience, I be- there's reason to believe we'll see more. You know, last year they were two plays away from being 8-3 and three and hosting a playoff game. And, you know, they returned just about everyone on offense. They have some of the best um, skill position players in the league, guys like Sammy Akem, guys like Jerry Louie McGee. 
they have probably the best defensive player in the league in Dante Olsen and a top four quarterback in Dalton Sneed. You know, the biggest question for the Grizz is can the offensive line give them some breathing room? Uh, but even if we see marginal improvement there, I think this team is no question top 25. All right, Brent Wahlberg, do you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and being in that 25 or just in and out of it, it's a little indifferent this early, you know, but it's you look at there's 11 guys on offense that have started a game, maybe not last year as they return a few guys that had missed from some injury, and then you've got nine defensive starters that return. They've just got a few holes that they're looking to plug that they, they believe they have the guys for on the defensive line and a couple other spots. But you, you've got Dante Olsen on one side of the ball and Dalton Sneed on the other side with this with the amount of receivers and then the defensive secondary this team has there's a lot of firepower and there's a there's a new mean streak with this team uh, there's a lot to like about them and so being in the top 25 but on the fringe of it seems to make good sense and it's going to be a good spot for them to be able to prove themselves all right couple grizz love from uh, brian and brent we're going to come to you montana parlay are the grizz a top 25 team they have potential to be, but that's kind of a stretch. They're going on their pedigree uh, in their stadium and their name more than anything here. Uh, they're going to have to improve big time on fourth quarter play in 2019 to finish in the top 25, especially if you take a look at their schedule. These preseason rankings, I, I don't know if they look at schedule or not, but I'd be surprised if they finish in the top 25. Uh, that being said, you know, they've got a good squad this year, and they could um, surprise some people, although except for Grizz fans, they expect them to win the championship, obviously. Chris, uh, Grizz are in the top 25. You're probably bitter. They're there ahead of your Vandals. Do you think they deserve that top 25 ranking? I don't know what everybody is smoking out there, but they deserve to be higher in this ranking. Montana was easily, I don't have to explain it to the Montana listeners here, a late fumble away on a very controversial situation away from making the playoffs last year. That returning a senior quarterback in Dalton Sneed that's one of the best quarterbacks in the big sky and one of the top wide receivers in the country coming back, I don't know how they're not going to be higher in this ranking. Now, I do agree with the tough schedule. They might not end in this ranking, but I think they're easily a top 20 program in the FCS, and that's why I think they deserve to be in the 25 ranking and really prove if they need to move up or move down based on how they do this year throughout their schedule. Uh, I knew I liked you, so let's give you the first crack at the last question of round one. And we've talked about a couple teams here uh, that are in the top 25, but which team that we haven't talked about is most likely to make an appearance in the, tw in the top 25 this season and why? This one's a little bit trickier because, uh, honestly, I think it's no one. I think we have a very clear top five teams. Uh, and then you have teams six, seven, and eight that kind of play around with that. If you're going to give a team that doesn't even count anymore, I think North Dakota would have the best shot. But they're out of the big sky. They only count as conference wins when we're playing against them. But otherwise, I think it's pretty much a five-team race this year. Uh, and it's hopefully we, they just play well enough that all five teams can get themselves into the playoffs. But I don't think a sixth team is going to crack the top 25 at all this point of this year. Brian, do you think there's a chance someone we haven't talked about makes the top 25? I think the best shot is Northern Arizona. And a big reason for that is, you know, senior quarterback, famous for being the only quarterback ejected for targeting in the history of targeting uh, Case Cookus. 
is back. Um, in his in his first 15 starts, Case Cookus looked like the best quarterback in the FCS through 50 touchdowns, as in five zero touchdowns and six intercept, interceptions, almost 10 yards per throw. Um, he actually took a little bit of a step back coming back after injury his junior year, where he had 22 touchdowns and six interceptions, but only about 7.2 yards per throw. Um, no one really knows what Chris Ball's offense is going to look like, because this is Northern Arizona head coach Chris Ball's first year as head coach. But if but Case Cookus is an elite talent. If he looks like he did during his first two years, Northern Arizona is the dark horse team. And Brent Wahlberg closes out here. Yeah, Who I mean, is going to make the top twenty-five that we have not talked about. Well, I mean, unfortunately, Brian stole my thunder. I think he uh, checked my notes and is stealing all my stuff here. But uh, what I'll add into so Northern Arizona with Case Cookus, uh, they're a team that is regularly known to have a team of a lot of athletes and a lot of skill the knock on them has been of course injury history and then maybe sometimes lack of organization and coaching and preparation and plans so they've got new coaching in place and if this can click while they have a tough schedule when you've got a a really good quarterback in case Cookus, if they can get out the gate with a couple big wins if they've got missouri state they have to go to Illinois State. They have to go to Montana State. In the, all in the first five weeks, they also play Arizona, but that's a loss. If they can get some wins there, especially those back-to-backs, Illinois State, Montana State, which I'm not saying they will, but if they can make some make a splash there, you'll start to see them sneak in the top 25 for sure. Yeah, I I, I agree with NAU. They, I mean, I've been big on them for the past couple seasons, probably irrationally so at times, but they started out the season last year so great, and then – uh, just had to deal with that Cookus injury. Glad to see that he's back in the big sky this year. Uh, we're going to move on to our second segment. Jerry, you got the scores from that round? Okay. Uh, second segment here, focusing on each other's teams for the most part. Um, but let's, uh, Chris, let's start with you. Uh, Idaho, you guys have a brutal opening game. You are heading east and hilariously playing Penn State. Uh, what is the best case scenario for this game? This is an easy answer. It's make sure Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barbauer puts the decimal in the right spot. Penn State is playing this <laughs> $1.45 million to come out and get her wow. butt kicked by them. For news, according to, according to USA Today, they posted an article that's 123% higher than the next FCS team, which is Montana going to Austin for 650000 That means... We are making $800,000 more than any other team in the FCS to go get our butt kicked. So just make sure that decimal's in the right place and maybe have them walk you to the bank. <laughs> That's incredible. I had no idea they were getting paid that much. Uh, that is well worth uh, the trip to Pennsylvania. Brent Wahlberg, Montana is traveling to play South Dakota in week one uh, as part of the Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge. I have two questions for you. Number one, is Dalton Sneed going to play the full game? And number two, what is your confidence level that the Grizz can win this game? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm the consistent warrior, but let, let's start with Dalton Sneed. Yes, Dalton Sneed's going to play the full game. Dalton Sneed, there has been a little bit of chatter. You see some news articles from the fall camp, Pete, that he was not throwing out of a couple drills, missing a few days here and there. Uh, he's he's looking good. He is ready to go. He's got the full confidence, and he is the type of guy, the fierce competitor, one of these guys, I think it would be impossible to keep him off the field. The only way Dalton Sneed doesn't play the full game 
is if the Grizz are up by so much at the end of the game, we pull and put Cam Humphrey in and get the experience. But I don't think that's going to happen. My confidence in the level in the Grizz winning the game, it's uh, it's 50-50. Uh, this is one of the very the few games this first week where it, you know it's not there's not a, a large underdog or, or uh, favorite, and Montana's got a real tough uh, task in taking on a. Uh, good offense to South Dakota and a lot of unknown because they've got a new defensive coordinator too. So I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it, it's, it could come down to last team with the ball. Yeah. And talking with coach, coach Houck, it really, I mean, they know that their schedule is so tough that uh, it really set the season on the right tone. If they can get a win in week one at South Dakota uh, in this non-conference game, Montana parlay, we all know you're a cat fan, but we've been talking a lot about the Bobcats so far this episode um and we know also that you keep a very close eye on the big sky conference as a whole northern arizona is a pick at home against missouri state on thursday night the first big sky game of the year who do you like in this game i really like northern arizona here and i might have to put some bitcoin on them before this goes live and it moves the line <laughs> because um they're they got cook us back they <laughs> They got a new coach indoors, and he, let me ask you here, um, and don't look at producer Jerry for help because I know he's a geography whiz, yep. but what do you think the elevation in Flagstaff is? Uh, I have no idea. I know it's high, but I don't know. 6,900 feet. That's It's over 1,800 feet above Bozeman Stadium. So And it's tr- tough for those Midwestern teams and those Flatland teams to come to Bozeman and play. So th- it's another... 1,800 feet higher, and I do not think that Missouri State is going to join the Mile High Club in Flagstaff this weekend. So put all your money on NAU. Okay. Uh, uh, Brian, you also closely follow the league as a whole, so I want to ask you about a couple of our top-tier teams. UC Davis is going on the road to play Cal, and Eastern Washington is traveling to play the University of Washington. What percent confidence do you have uh, in that either of these games are going to end with a Big Sky Conference victory. I'm going to start with Eastern. I'm going to say that is roughly 5%. Um, Eastern's my team to win the conference, uh, but University of Washington's just good. They, they played in the Rose Bowl last year. Their new starting quarterback's a, fi- a former five-star recruit who started at Georgia. Um, I think they're pretty safe. The, the interesting game to me is UC Davis at Cal. Um, And we have a little bit of a barometer between UC Davis and Cal last year. They both played Stanford, and they both lost by 20 to Stanford. Now, I don't necessarily believe in transitive property of sports, but um, that means both those teams competed okay with Stanford. Um, I'd give UC Davis about a 25% chance to to pull out a win. I don't expect them to, but I expect them to be competitive. You know, UC Davis, not only uh, do they have one of the two best quarterbacks in the league in Jake, Jake Mayer, um, they also have three pretty elite-level skill position players. Um, Jared Harrell at wide receiver, Wesley Priest tight end, and Yolonzo Gilliam, he's returning running back who's a dual threat who also caught 50 passes last year. Um, I don't think either is going to come up with a win out of UC Davis or Eastern, but let's say you're a gambling man uh, like some people here. I would, If you're going to bet, I'd bet on UC Davis. UC Davis and the line of that game is 12 and a half. Uh, let's do this before we take a quick break. Uh, we just talked about five games coming up this week. Let's go through and we'll go in order of uh, Chris, Brent, 
parlay, and Brian. I'm going to give you the line in each game, uh, and you tell me if you are uh, taking the Big Sky Conference team or not. Uh, Game number one, Idaho is a 40-point underdog at Penn State. Chris, what do you think of that game? Uh, I would put all my Bitcoin on Penn State. Okay. Brent? I don't have Bitcoin, but I get some and put it on Penn State, too. Okay, Brian and Parlay, what do you, you guys agree? Yeah, no question. Uh, Idaho looked awful in the FBS games last year. Put it on Penn State. Montana Parlay, Idaho, forty-point uh, underdog against Penn State. Penn State covers. They could win by sixty if they want. All right, the next game we got Montana is a five and a half point underdog at South Dakota. Chris Brent Parlay and Brian. Tell me what you think. Going Montana. Go Grizz. I'm picking Montana. 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 All right. Well, a lot of diversity here in picks. Uh, Northern Arizona is a pick uh, at home against Missouri State. Same order. What do you guys think? Lumberjacks. Yeah, I'm going NAU. Northern Arizona, for sure. Okay. Brian? I'll say NAU stumbles in Chris Ball's first game. Go Missouri State. All right. Uh, Eastern Washington, 21-point underdogs at University of Washington. Uh, Chris? Oh, it kills me to say it, but Huskies. Okay. Brent? Yeah, I got Huskies, too. Man, Washington. And Brian. Eastern loses by 20. Oh. So I'll take Eastern. All right. And last one, UC Davis, 12 and a half point underdogs at Cal. Chris, what do you got? Packed 12 stays undefeated against the big sky. I'll take Cal. Brent? You know, I picked it the other way on the Grizz fan pod, but just to be contrarian, I'm going to I'm going to pick the upset. Go with Davis. Love it. Parlay. I've also got Davis. And Brian. Uh, UC Davis loses by 10, so I'll take them against the spread. Okay, well, we'll see if we keep that uh, pick segment there. That didn't go as smoothly as I anticipated, um, but we're going to take a quick break uh, uh, to, to uh, thank one of our important sponsors, and that is Big Sky Big Takes. Is a joint production of Montana Men's Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network, and we are proud to be sponsored by the Montana Mint Store. We wouldn't be here if it, if it weren't for the Montana Mint, and neither would the Montana Mint Store and all of their sweet Montana-made gear. Those of us from Montana or whoever traveled in Montana know one thing about fashion in the Big Sky, and it's, it's it, that is if you make a cool design, if a store makes a cool design or shirt, Every single person in the state will start wearing it everywhere you go. I'm looking at you home with a period at the end of its shirt, an outline of Montana with roots coming out of it hat. This drove our buds at the Montana Mint Store crazy, so they decided to do just limited runs of everything they produce. When you buy something from the Montana Mint Store, you can rest, be rest assured uh, that only a small number of that design and color were made, giving you a chance to stand out among the crowd. Check out all their new gear today at montana-mint.com it's the montana mint store thank you for sponsoring us super easy sponsor to get and that's going to bring us 
uh, to our third segment, our last segment with everybody in it, the Big Sky Fantasy Builder. We are going to ask all of our panelists to build a small Big Sky Conference fantasy team for the week ahead. Uh, Each round is going to be a position. It's going to be standard fantasy scoring, um, you know, one point for 25 yards passing, uh, 10 yards rushing, 10 yards receiving, six points for a touchdown, negative two points for a turnover. We randomly assigned the the, uh, spots here for the draft this week. And round one, we are going to take quarterbacks with the number one pick. We're going to you, Chris. Who are you taking as your QB? I may never be allowed in Moscow ever again, but I uh, came down to Dalton Sneed and EB3. I'm going with Sneed. Six oh. rushing, 22 passing. I like his odds. All right, number two pick, Montana Parlay. I'm not going to pay attention too much to the matchup because last time they faced uh, the Huskies, they put up 50-something. So Eric Barrier, Barrier I'm going to pronounce everyone's name wrong. I'll Just, just a fair warning. <laughs> Hit me on Twitter if you want. Eastern Washington's QB. Okay. Brian. It's Barrier, but for for my quarterback, I'm going to take Case Cookus from Northern Arizona. He has the best matchup other than Dalton Sneed. Um, and contrary to what I said earlier about NAU stumbling their first game, I expect uh, we're going to see a Case Cookus this year that is something more than he was his junior season. So pencil me in with Case Cookus. And Brent Wahlberg, last pick of quarterbacks for this round. Who do you got? I feel like the guy in the fantasy draft that forgot to pay attention to a position, and now all the good spots are gone. So now I've got to go deep <laughs> down the list. I'm going matchup. Kevin Thompson, Sacramento State quarterback. He's back. Sac State's offense wants to be fast. They've got a lot of athletes, and they've got a coach that wants to run a lot of plays. And they're one of the few teams that has a favorable-ish matchup, even though they might be not that great of a team overall playing San Diego, Kevin Thompson could put up quite a few fantasy points. Okay, I like the risk there. That's uh, high risk, uh, uh, or low risk, high reward in this when you have the fourth pick in the round. Uh, number two, round number two, we're going to focus on running backs and come back to you on the uh, modified snake. Brent, who are you taking number one? You know, so I believe I just saw that Ryan Rivera was named the starting fullback for Cal Poly. And once again, uh, a team where they have a little bit more of a favorable matchup. And uh, you take the Cal Poly running back first if you can, because he's going to have like 80 touches and, you know, 240 yards and five touchdowns. So that's my pick. Okay. And uh, Brian, who do you got? Wait, I'm second. Or wait, sorry. (laughs) Ha ha. Parlay trying to jump over. Brian, who is number two pick for running backs? I'm going to take Ulonzo Gilliam from UC Davis. Last year he rushed for 1,000 yards. Also had right around 400 yards receiving. He's a dual threat, and if we're doing PPR scoring, he's the best running back to take. (laughs) Well, we're not doing PPR scoring, so sorry to disappoint. Montana Parlay, now it's your turn. Number three pick in round two for running backs. I could have had some patience because I've got the best, possibly the best running back with the best matchup, Elijah Dotson against Southern Oregon for Sacramento State. He's going to crush it. All right. And Chris, last pick of the round. Well, I was definitely looking at Elijah Dotson until, God, Parlay got me. Uh, I'll take a bit of a risk, though, and I'll take the backup, uh, B.J. Perkinson. 
Uh, he had a lot of touches last year. Sac State has the most favorable matchup um, coming into this season week one. So I'll, I'll take the backup and hope maybe get some, some vulture points. All right. I like I like that strategy. Two more rounds here. Uh, now we're looking at wide receivers in the Big Sky. First pick in this round, Montana Parlay. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, hate myself here and go with Samuel Hakem with the Grizz. <laughs> Love it. That over under is pretty high for that game, and he was a big target for Sneed. I think he'll rack up some points for me. So I'm going to put, go, you know, step ahead of my pride here and go for the win. Brent Wahlberg, the Grizz player, was stolen right in front of your pick here at number two. Who are you going to take? All right, so I'm going to go to the opposite side of the field because Samore Toure had a down year last year. He has had a great spring, an even better fall. This guy, he's wearing a new number. They're not. Everyone's going to be looking at Sammy Akem. Parlay, you're making my ears bleed here. And uh, <laughs> Toure is going to light it up because they're going to be watching the other side of the field, and Toure is going to be beyond that defense before you know it. Our two Vandal fans closing it out. Chris, who do you got? Number three pick in round three. I'm going to take Andrew Boston out there in Cheney. Uh, I think uh, with Simba Webster leaving, uh, Eric Barrier needs a target. He seems like the most logical person to step up. Hey, Brian, closing us out. Who do you got? I'm taking Jared Harrell from UC Davis. He's going to pick up the slack from Keelan Doss graduating. Harrell had five touchdowns last year, just under 900 receiving yards. Expect those numbers to come up this year. All right, and then uh, round number four, we're going to do a flex position. Uh, start with you, Brent Wahlberg, number, number one pick of the round. All right, well, I was debating about saying Troy Anderson, but I'll leave that to somebody else because i got to <laughs> stay true to the maroon in my blood. Jerry Louis McGee, here's why. Yeah. University of South Dakota, terrible punt coverage last year. Jerry Louis McGee as a slot receiver is going to make hay there, but he might also have a punt t- return touchdown. He's going to rack up a lot of all-purpose yards. This guy has money. Oh, that would be sweet. Chris Hammond, who do you got as your uh, flex? Uh man, I also am tempted by the Troy Anderson pick still being there. However, I'm going to stick to my favorable matchups. I'm going to go with Drew Hernandez, a running back from Cal Poly. They like to run that triple option. Uh, that means two different guys can get it. Hopefully he gets a couple handoffs as well. Brian Marceau? I'm going to go to Weber State, and I'm going to pick... Uh, sophomore running back Josh Davis. He was last year's FCS Freshman of the Year. Uh, Davis ran for nine touchdowns last year, almost uh, fi- just under 1,500 yards rushing. Uh, they play Utah. With, so Sorry, they play San Diego State, which will not be a great matchup for him. But at present, Josh Davis is pretty close to the entire Weber State offense. So I'm going to go with Davis. All right, Montana Parlay closes out here. And. Chris did his research, too. He, he swiped one from me. Uh, I wish it were PPR, but either way, I'm going with Wes Priest from UC Davis. Hopefully he gets me a touchdown. All right, we will post these teams up on Twitter for everybody to vote on who has the best fantasy squad. We'll keep track throughout the year of who is getting uh, winning week to week. Uh, do you guys have your teams written down where you can recap them? Uh, I remember who I picked, yeah. What are we right, paying Chris. Jerry for? 
Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's yeah, snoozing over at the computer. Chris, I know you got Sneed, Berkson, and then who are your your last two? Uh, Andrew Boston and then Drew Hernandez. All right, and uh, Brent, you started with uh, you got Thompson, Torre, Thompson. Jerry Louis McGee, and who's your running back? Uh, Rivera, Cal Poly. Rivera, Brian, you took my boy Case Cookus. Uh, uh, the running back from UC Davis, and then Josh Davis from Weber State. Who's your wide receiver? Jared Harrell, UC Davis. That's right. And Montana Parlay, I'd prefer if you uh, read off all your names to see if you can get the pronunciation right. Okay, I've got uh, Priest Dotson, Barry A. Barry A. <laughs> A Kim. All right, <laughs> all right, over three. Um, all right, we'll There's put those up. Um, <laughs> and that is uh, that's the end of our fantasy round. Go vote on Twitter. Follow us at uh, Big Sky Sports. What is our Twitter handle for the Big Sky Podcast Network? Big Sky Podcast. Podcast. All right, at Big Sky follow Podcast. us th- at Big Sky Podcast. We'll post post the teams there. Um, and that's going to get us into the segment. I'm looking over at Jerry, he is computing the scores. Uh, and it looks like we have two people making it on to round two. Let's put your hands together for Brent Wahlberg and Brian Marceau. Clap, Montana clap, clap, Parlay, clap. Chris Hammond, hold on to your butts for a minute or two while we go into the showdown here. Uh, we're going to, uh, ask you guys four questions. Jerry's going to continue to, uh, plug away on the computer and name a champion at the end of this. Uh, question number one, Idaho state has a bye week in week one. What are your thoughts on this? Brent Wahlberg. Well, I mean, you need one extra week to prepare for the mighty Western Colorado University. It's terrible. (laughs) But when someone also books you games where you're going to both Utah Montana, North Dakota, and then finishing the second last game of year at BYU. I mean, why not? Just book a crap schedule. It is what it is. <laughs> it's so great. Brian Marceau, what do you think about this by week and week one? Well, apparently it matters for the Bengals uh, because they're like the other team in, in the state of Idaho. The entire big sky in the state of Idaho has not named a starting quarterback. Idaho State has said essentially nothing about the contest between senior Gunnar Amos and junior Matt Stuck. Uh, I guess another week will help them out, but I, I think that's maybe the best thing that will happen for Idaho State. Uh, they lost a ton on offense and didn't have very strong defense last year, so maybe the extra time will help. I like that. Yeah, maybe maybe this was intentional. Maybe they always knew they wanted to have a long quarterback competition, and uh, they gave themselves the opportunity to do so. Question number two, me and Montana Parlay in a podcast last week set the over-under lines for every Big Sky Conference team. We had Eastern Washington at nine and a half wins. Are you going to take the over or the under on that line? Start with you, Brian. I'm going to take the under in that I think they'll get to nine. They only have a few losable games this year. They'll lose the University of Washington. They travel to Jacksonville State. And then in conference, they travel to University of Montana. To get to 10 wins, um, I believe they would have to win 
both of the of traveling to University of Montana and Jacksonville State. I don't know if they'll get both those wins, um, so I'll say under, just barely. Brent Wahlberg. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I think I think it's a nine win situation. Obviously, you're going to probably assume that Washington won to loss, but then it's a tough schedule. Eastern's a good team. They might have the best collection of talent, individual talent in the conference. Experience on the offensive line, you always have to like that. But it's a it's a tricky schedule with some challenging road games in there. Uh, I I'd see them right at nine wins as well. All right, number three, we had Parlay and I set the lines for Southern Utah at two and a half, Northern Colorado at two, and Sac State at two. Who is the most likely of those three teams to go under? Brent Wahlberg, what do you think? I'm going to go with Northern Colorado. I mean, you, right out the gate, you've got San Jose State, then Washington State. They really only have one game, right, against Sacramento State, where it's maybe a toss-up. you got to play Eastern, Northern Arizona, North Dakota, Montana State, Idaho State. This is a brutal schedule for a pretty bad football team. Northern Colorado's under. Brian, do you agree? I'm going to go with Sacramento State. I don't think they'll be quite as ugly week to week as they were in 2018. But if you look at the Sac State schedule, I mean, they have two FBS bye games. All of their home games are, sorry, almost all of their home games are against the Big Sky playoff teams from last year. The only one that um, is not is they they host University of Montana and, and they travel to Montana State. You know, if you look through the Sac State schedule, other than opening at Southern Oregon, the NAIA school, they have maybe two wins. And that's if they hit home runs on those games. Sac State's better than last year, but the record doesn't show it. Yeah, the Big Sky Big Sky Conference scheduling really comes into play on something like this. Northern Colorado is going to be uh, garbage. They were garbage last year and got worse this year, and it's just a brutal schedule. Uh, last one, and this is a, a total pander to what we suspect will be a lot of Montana, Montana State fans listening to this podcast, but one game in the Big Sky has more significance than all the rest, and that's Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, or Brawl the Wild, however you want to say it. The Bobcats are on a three-game win streak. What are the chances that they make it four in a row come November? Brent Wahlberg, what do you think? It's a toss-up game. This is this is what you have to love about this rivalry. As a Grizz fan, I'm not loving it right now. But uh, in the last couple of years, one could argue that the team that might have had the better collection of individual talent did not win the game. Also, home field has generally not meant that much over the course of the last 10 to 15 years of this series. So I think it's a good, I think it's a chance, but it's really a toss up. It's hard to pick. Uh, as a Montana fan, I do like our ability to get, get it back finally this year. I feel it's our best chance that we've gotten years with Bobby Houck. He's never lost two in a row to the Cats. So Grizz have a chance. That kills me to hear you not be more confident. Brian, what do you think? Are the Cats going to make it four in a row? I'm just not quite as high on the Bobcats right now as, as a lot of other people. Um, I think the first three weeks of the schedule are a big deal uh, for Jeff Choate uh, because if, if a freshman Casey Bauman struggles and we're in week four or entering big sky play and quarterback is still a question, it would just be terrible for the Bobcats to squander the talent they have on special teams, defense, and at the offensive skill posi- uh, positions. 
Uh, so right now, I'm a little bit higher on uh, University of Montana because I think they are the holes on University of Montana, I think are a little bit less glaring, even if they aren't as strong defensively as the Bobcats. All right. Well, that's it for round four. And I'm looking over at Jerry. The first title of Big Sky Big Takes is going out of the state of Montana to Brian Marceau. Congratulations, Brian, for the first victory of our new podcast. And we will let you uh, uh, we're going to ask one last question of every panelist here. Brian, we're going to give you a little more time to uh, talk about it. But other than Cat Grizz, what, are you, what game are you most excited for on your uh, team's schedule? Take, take 30 seconds to, to tell us what you think. I'm a Vandal fan. I'm excited for homecoming October 19th against Idaho State. We should know who the University of Idaho's football team is by that point. I expect us to be offensively essentially identical to last year because uh, Mason Petrino can't throw the ball very far. Uh, but defensively, we got a lot of FBS talent coming in, uh, particularly Noah Ellis, former Mississippi State recruit, uh, brother of Christian Kane Nellis. Um, I think Idaho's better at defense this year significantly than last year. Um, so, yeah, homecoming versus Idaho State, I'll be there. And, Brian, where can folks find you on Twitter? You can find me at Brian Marceau. Um, and also, for those interested, I'm the new editor of the Montana Mint's uh, Big Sky newsletter. Sign up at montanamint.com. All right. Uh, Brent Wahlberg, what game are you most excited for on the schedule other than Cat Grizz? The Grizz, we've got Eastern Washington coming to town. That should be a great game. I cannot wait to tag whatever crap-ass Twitter account has counting down the numbers of days that we haven't beat the Eagles. <laughs> I'm going to tag them at freezing cold takes because it will be just so great to finally get back in the W column. I cannot wait for that game. I'm so excited for it. And where can folks find you at Twitter? You can find me at B. Wahlberg or on our podcast, which is at GrizzFanPod. All right, Montana Parlay. What game on the Cats schedule are you looking forward to the most? It's coming early in the year, and it's a big one for the Cats to see where they are. Um, September 14th at Western Illinois. Me and some friends are going to take the train down to Macomb and watch that one. They allow drinks on the Amtrak, and we depart at 8 a.m., so hopefully I remember the game. It's a 3 p.m. start, if I <laughs> remember correctly. Uh, God help the people of Western Illinois, Montana Parlay. People want to follow you on Twitter on game day. Where should they be looking? At Montana Parlay, and I will give out some more winners, so follow me there. And closing us out, our boy Chris Hammond from the Tubs at the Club podcast. Chris, where can folks find you at Twitter, and what game are you most excited for on the Vandals' schedule? You can find me personally at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. If you want to find Tubbs at the Club, thanks to Brian Marceau, the now show of record, you can find us at Tubbs at the Club on Twitter. I'm most excited for our September 21st matchup. The Red Scare game against Eastern Washington in the Kibbe Dome should be a good time, just like this podcast. Yeah, the Super Bowl of Idaho's season is that Eastern Washington game. What a non-conference get for you guys. That will be uh, a huge test, and I think everyone on this pod will definitely be rooting for the Vandals that day. That is it for our first uh, round of this show. We're interested in your feedback, so hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bear Tycoon or at Montana Mint Sports, and check you know continue to check out what the Big Sky Podcast Network is putting out. We're excited for the upcoming season, 
And that's it. Thanks, everybody.